0: rollout of Australia's coronavirus vaccination program hasn't been as smooth as hoped. There have been challenges with sourcing the vaccine and the program's logistics, along with safety issues to address. It's been kind of tricky to follow, so to get a handle on what's going on, this week we take you through the government's vaccine agreements, the issues with the rollout, and where we're at now in our effort to get Australians vaccinated against COVID-19. Squeeze Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Before we get into Claire Australia's COVID vaccination program itself, let's take a quick step back and look at what led us there. There's a thing called the coronavirus crisis. You might have heard of it. I am familiar with it, yes. Everyone knows what an impact it has had. As we record, 141 million people have been infected. Over 3 million people have died. Naturally, we all want to know how it's going to come to an end, which is why a lot of hope
1: has been put on vaccinations. And the big disclaimer, on this is that vaccination may not be enough in its own to end the pandemic, but it is necessary. It's the only proven safe way to reach what's known as herd immunity, and that's when enough of the population is immune to a virus that an infected person contacts very few non-immune people and unable to find new bodies to live in, the virus dies out. Yeah, we've talked about herd immunity a fair bit. The
0: other way, Claire, to reach herd immunity is to let the virus... through the population.
1: That would kill millions of people who would have been saved if we'd slowed the spread of the virus, which is something a vaccine can do. Now, vaccines usually take years to come up with, and it's not the case in COVID. It's taken less than a year to develop a vaccine, which is just an incredible feat.
0: Yeah, it sure is. So vaccines are now available, but then, of course, they need to be distributed. Let's zero in on Australia and how things
1: have evolved on that front now, starting with the type of vaccines we've got lined up. So our government made agreements with three vaccine producers. The first vaccine to arrive in Australia was made by Pfizer. It's an mRNA type vaccine. It's new technology. No vaccine has ever been made and approved for use of this type before. It works by giving cells the instructions they need to produce the viral proteins that trigger an immune response to COVID-19. I bet you would never know so much about how viruses
0: (laughs) spread, Claire. The government has an agreement also for 40 million doses of that one, but it's a tricky one to transport. It's the
1: freezing one. Yeah, it needs very cold temperatures. It can't be manufactured here either because we don't have that mRNA production capability. So the deal relies on imports from Europe. So far, 1.2 million Pfizer doses have arrived in Australia. Uh, They're being prioritised for Aussies in that 1A phase of the rollout. That's the vulnerable and older Australian Australians and frontline workers. So that's the Pfizer vaccine. The second vaccine to receive
0: approval, Claire, was made by AstraZeneca. We've heard a lot about this one.
1: Yeah, and it really was to be the hero of Australia's vaccine rollout. 53.8 million doses are scheduled. 3.8 million of those were to come from Europe and 50 million to be made here in Australia by CSL, who are our homegrown vaccine manufacturer. It's easier to store, it's easier to move around than the Pfizer vaccine. It's what's called a viral vector vaccine, the way it works is that it uses a harmless virus. In this case, it's the common cold that chimpanzees get, and that delivers a piece of genetic code to trigger the immune response. Science, hey. As for the third <laughs> vaccine agreement, Australia's got 51
0: million doses of the Nova vaccine coming if it clears the approval process later this
1: year. Yeah, we haven't heard a lot about this one yet. NovaVax is a US company. It's developed a protein vaccine. They're the ones that introduce a part of the actual, albeit dead, virus to the immune system, like the Pfizer and AstraZeneca vaccines. NovaVax is a two-shot regime and it can be stored for up to three months at fridge temperature.
0: On top of those vaccines, there are also 25 million vaccines available to Australia via a global effort called COVAX. That's basically an agreement for countries to access a vaccine pool. So with all those agreements in place, Claire, it was full steam ahead with the vaccine rollout. But there's been a few bumps in the road, shall we say. Let's take a look at those now. (music) put it simply, Australia hasn't had the climbing COVID-19 cases or deaths that many other countries have had. So our government and regulators did some thorough checks on both the Pfizer and AstraZeneca vaccines.
1: And this is different to other countries. So for example, the US, the UK and those through Europe are using vaccines on an emergency approval basis. That means they haven't gone through the thorough probing assessment. They took the view that cases were rising people were dying and the data looks pretty good on those vaccines, so let's go. And that was enough because the evidence indicates that vaccines are safe, so they got the green light. There was pressure
0: on Prime Minister Scott Morrison to do the same here, but he and Australia's Chief Medical Officer Paul Kelly were adamant that we should go through our own Therapeutic Goods Administration approval process, that thorough process, before a rollout begins because Australia
1: wasn't in the grip of a COVID outbreak. Talk us through quickly, the TGA, Claire. (laughs) It's basically our medicines regulator. It's independent of government. It's run by experts. uh, And its role in all of this is to look at any new medicine like these vaccines and put it through its paces. So they did their thing, they looked
0: at those COVID vaccines and at the start of the year the TGA granted provisional approval for the Pfizer and AstraZeneca vaccines.
1: And what provisional approval means is that it's subject to strict conditions like the companies continuing to provide information to the TGA on longer term effectiveness and safety from ongoing trials good
0: context, but let's move on. The green light was given and our vaccine rollout began. That happened on the 22nd of February. The Prime Minister got the Pfizer jab to instill confidence in the vaccine, along with Jane Malishak, an 84-year-old World War II survivor. How could we forget Jane and her V she made with her fingers that was the wrong (laughs) way around, Claire? It seems a bit quaint now to think that that was the biggest glitch in the rollout. It certainly was a simpler time (laughs) for the vaccine rollout. Let's talk about those glitches now.
1: Let's start with the export restrictions put in place by Europe. So that was a thing because our supply of the Pfizer vaccine and 3.8 million doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine are made in Europe. So export controls meant that many doses produced there still haven't got to us. To understand the European Union's position, it's in dispute with the vaccine making companies about those supplies of vaccines locally, just as they face ongoing high numbers and new cases and deaths.
0: So this slowed things down for us, of course. It meant Prime Minister Scott Morrison on the 7th of April stood up and detailed the issues Australia was having with getting those vaccines released by Europe. Two days later, another problem arose.
1: Yeah, reports emerged from overseas linking the AstraZeneca vaccine to the development of severe blood clots in a small number of patients. In the UK, where 20 million doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine had been given, there were 79 cases of blood clots 19 deaths resulting from them. Ultimately, what's happened following advice from Australia's vaccination expert panel? Prime Minister Scott Morrison said the official recommendation was that Aussies aged under 50 years should receive the Pfizer jab over the AstraZeneca shot.
0: And the main reason for that
1: is that contracting COVID can be
0: more risky for older Australians. I think we all know that. So the experts said the benefit of having that vaccine far outweigh any of the risks. Not that we at the Squeeze Claire think those over 50
1: are older Australians. (laughs) No way. (laughs) (laughs) That aside, uh, it's put a big question mark over Australia's vaccine rollout plan. Remember, 50 million doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine will be made here in Australia Mm. and now a big part of the population won't get it in the coming weeks and months. And with supply issues from Europe, that put the goal of having all willing Aussies receiving at least one dose of the vaccine by October out of reach.
0: So there's the beginnings of a new plan, though we haven't even gotten to the argy-bargy between the states and the federal government. That's been fun. (laughs) Let's get into all of that now. (music) you <music> Aside from the issues with global supply and the health issues around the vaccine, the federal government has also blamed the states and territories for the
1: delayed rollout. Before we get to the falling apart of that rollout, how was it supposed to work? So in its initial stages, let's just look at phase 1A. It was the federal government's responsibility to vaccinate those living in nursing homes and working in aged and disability services. And the state governments were responsible for frontline workers. So hotel quarantine workers, nurses etc. But it didn't really go to plan? No, because the federal government which takes receipt of the vaccine doses when they arrive from overseas didn't get as many as they thought they would and that led to the states not getting what they expected they would.
0: Which brings us to the tit for tat, the federal government accused the states but particularly Queensland of hoarding vaccines
1: unnecessarily. But what Queensland has said is that it was holding on to those vaccines so that those who have already received their first dose, doses would be able to receive a second dose in the required time frame and they didn't have confidence that the federal government would send those on. But the Commonwealth said that it was already holding on to them anyway.
0: It's a bit confusing and it continues. The states then rallied together and really took aim at the federal government for what they say is a lack of transparency about vaccine deliveries and the number
1: of doses being delivered. This has posed an issue especially for GP clinics. There were some teething issues there, that's for sure. Apart from there not being enough vaccines, general practitioners who are at the front line of the rollout and receive their doses from the federal government were told very little or nothing about it in advance. Mm. And that meant that some clinics were taken by surprise. They were overwhelmed by people who were trying to call and make an appointment for jabs that hadn't even arrived yet. So as I
0: said, it's all been a bit confusing for us trying to understand it and also for those involved in it directly to say the least. What do you do when things get out of hand in this way? Well, Scott Morrison, he calls national cabinet together, Claire.
1: <laughs> yeah, that meeting of state and territory leaders with the prime minister and the federal government officials is back to meeting twice a week, up from once a month, and that's going to happen for the foreseeable future in a bid to try and improve cooperation between the states, the territories and the feds and that was welcomed by state and territory leaders, as well as those who are really concerned about these vaccine rollouts and the delays and the worry that it'll leave Australia behind the rest of the world and potentially miss out when it comes to reopening international borders. So they've had
0: one meeting of National Cabinet so far. The next is happening today, Claire.
1: We've already seen some changes, though. Yeah, Prime Minister Scott Morrison on Monday said after the National Cabinet meeting then that while GPs will continue to be the main focus of the vaccine rollout, state and territory leaders have agreed in principle to provide additional help with mass vaccination hubs. That'll be for people over 50 years old. It's also agreed in principle to bring forward the vaccination of people aged 50 to 70 using our stock of the AstraZeneca vaccines. That's something they can do because as we've discussed, the AstraZeneca vaccine is still recommended for those people aged over 50 years old. And CSL is producing that at the rate of about 800,000 doses a week. Those mass vaccination hubs are the key to all of this. They're modelled
0: on those overseas. It's not a new concept. When can we expect to see them?
1: Apparently quite soon. Some states are already doing them. Victoria is one, but Queensland and New South Wales are also looking at them. So that could move forward pretty quickly. Uh, As it stands at National Cabinet, they'll talk a bit more of that. Uh, 1.5 million Australians have already been vaccinated. They need to get a hurry on though, because it was expected that 4 million would have at least had one dose by the end of March. So there's a lot of catch up to do and a lot of hope that that will help that's your shortcut to Australia's vaccine
0: rollout onto our recommendations now Each episode of Squeeze Shortcuts, we recommend some further reading, listening or watching. Claire, I'm handballing this one to you. This is a rather long <laughs> shortcut, so one
1: recommendation is enough, I think. I think that's right. There's a short seven-minute video by Vox, which is an American media outlet. It explains the mRNA vaccines. It's a really different technology. We're probably going to hear a lot more about it in the coming years. So if you've kind of got ahead for wanting to get around scientific concepts, this is a good one. Yeah, it seems like the time to get across science right about now doesn't it (laughs) why not thanks for
0: listening into this episode of squeeze shortcuts if you like what you heard please tell people about our podcast you can also leave a review on your podcast app if you've got a request for a shortcut send us an email to hello at the squiz.com.au. we've got a few in the works we've promised one on space that is coming i know it's coming port arthur next week as well Claire. yeah
1: port arthur it's a big anniversary so we'll hear about that in the news too and we'll give you the background to it that's all from us until next week.